0: blog talk radio hello everyone thanks for tuning in to Dr. Low Radio you know me I'm your host Dr. Lauren Noel naturopathic doctor thanks for listening to the show and I was just looking at the ratings on iTunes for my show and my heart was warming thank you guys for such the nice uh, responses the nice things that you've said about me I really appreciate it I'm glad you love the show if you do love the show and you haven't left a comment or or a rating I'd love it if you go over there and show your support uh, you guys know me I'm at com. we do shows every single week I think we have like 54 shows now something like that and they just keep piling up I don't even really think about it next thing I know I've got 50 shows under my belt Um, So you can listen to all the previous shows on iTunes, podcast directory, just type in Dr. Low Radio and you'll find all kinds of really great topics to educate yourself about. I hear um, one of the things a lot of people like to do when they listen to the shows is they like to clean their house or work out so you can listen to on your MP3 player and just get things done and learn in the meantime. So it's pretty cool. Uh, If you missed last week's show, it was called Natural Nutrition for Dogs and Cats. First time I've ever done a show on pet care and I loved it and it turned out this lady was all about the paleo diet but just for dogs and cats so it was Really great. So tune into that show if you have any furry friends you want to make sure they're really, really healthy because you either pay now or you pay the vet later. So you choose. Uh, My dog is super healthy because I've uh, taken a lot of her advice from her book and I strongly recommend it. So next week's show, just to give you a little heads up, is J.J. Virgin. She is the author of Six weeks to sleeveless and sexy. I love that lady. She's super sassy. She talks to you in her book like you're just sitting there having a drink with her at happy hour. So it's very easy to read. It's a great book. If you want to, uh, read read it before the show. We can hear all about it next week and then purchase it, of course. And tonight's show tonight's show is all about um, weight loss and nutritional keto um, ketogenic diet. So it's with Jimmy Moore. He is the uh, podcaster of the popular Live and Levita Low Carb show. He's also an author. And, and he's just a really, really great guy. I met him um, last year at the Ancestral Health Symposium after being Twitter friends and Facebook friends and got to meet him in person, which is always so cool when you get to meet someone that you've been cyber friends with. Um, and then got to see him again at the Low Carb Cruise a few months ago, and that was a blast. Uh, and then got to see him again in in uh, Boston for the, um, the the last Ancestral Health Symposium. So Really inspired by how much work he gets done. He's like super Mr. Efficient. I love it. And he's on the show. It's like 9 p.m. where he is. So this is like major dedication. So we'll try to make it, you know, like a good kind of quick show so you can get to sleep because I'm all about really getting that healthy sleep at nighttime. You know, got to practice what we preach here. So a little bit about Jimmy. Jimmy Moore is the man behind the uber-popular Live in La Vida, Vida low-carb show. Brand promoting the healthy benefits of low-carb living through his blog, YouTube videos, books, his annual low-carb cruise, which is so fun. You guys have to go next year if you missed it, uh, the forum, and three top-rated iTunes health podcasts that air five days a week. In 2004, he lost 108 pounds following the Atkins diet after weighing in at over 400 pounds. In the years that have followed, he's gained back some of the weight but has always maintained a triple-digit weight loss. In May 2012, he embarked on an N equals 1, so that means one participant in the study, self-experiment, of a concept called nutritional ketosis. And today is day 120 of that experiment. So I feel honored to have him on such an important day. Let's find out how he's been doing on this ambitious, very high-fat, moderate protein, very low-carb nutritional plan. So, Jimmy, thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio.
1: Oh, I'm not asleep yet.
0: Good morning.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, I haven't taken my melatonin yet, so I'm I'm good to go.
0: Awesome. Well, I appreciate your dedication because, cause, you know, it's late for you, right?
1: Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm just missing a little bit of time with my wife, but she's very benevolent.
0: Yeah, yeah. Your wife is cool. She's a cool cool chick. I, I dig she's her. She's a cool,
1: cool chick daddy, yeah.
0: <laughs> she is a cool chick. <laughs> So, Jimmy, tell us for my listeners, um, tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about your story, what got you to be the and la vida low-carb, awesome man that you are.
1: Sure. So, um, before 2004, I was a mess, Lauren. I just absolutely 400-plus pounds on three prescription medications for high cholesterol, high blood pressure and breathing issues, size 62-inch waist, 5XL shirts. I was a walking, ticking time bomb at the age of 32, really on a one-way ticket to an early grave. Um, And thankfully, in December of 2003, my mother-in-law, speaking of my wife, my mother-in-law gave me Dr. Atkins' New Diet Revolution book. Now, she'd given me diet books over the years, Dr. Phil, and (laughs) all these really wacky diet books. But for some reason, I actually read that one, And I thought, man, this guy is whacked out of his mind. Who in the world is going to eat like this and actually lose weight? But um, I had tried low-fat diet over and over again and really never found any success with those. So I decided to give this high-fat, low-carb diet a try. And January first, two 2004 was my New Year's resolution to lose weight. And I started on the plan. First month, I dropped 30 pounds off my 410-pound body. I was like, whoa what is this (laughs) this is kind of cool um so then month two i lost another 40 pounds and by the end of 100 days i had lost 100 pounds Um, i did hit a bit of a plateau there for about 10 weeks in a row i didn't lose any weight after that but i'd already lost 100 pounds i was like why am i going to be upset why would i stop this yeah it's not working right this second but something happened to drop those 100 pounds about you know w- with this plan so i'm going to stick with it by the end of the year the weight did start to come off some more and i ended up losing a total of 180 pounds by the end of that year
0: Jeez. so
1: as you can imagine at the, at the end of that year the atkins people had heard about my story and they featured it on their website and i started getting emails from around the world from different people and they say where's your website and i'm like I don't have a website. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> somebody said, well, you should start blogging. And I was like, what is a blog? You know, this was 2005. So they weren't, mm-hmm. I, I guess, as popular as they are now. And uh, and so I started the Live in La Vida Locart blog in April of 2005. And uh, very quickly it, it got a lot of readers. And today it, it gets about a quarter million readers a month. Um, just very honored wow. that people – are impacted by what I write. You know, I'm just some Joe Schmo that lost weight. That's really all I am. Um, but hopefully I'm inspiring and educating and encouraging other people to do the
0: same. Mm-hmm. And then you wrote your book, right? And then you got your own podcast.
1: Well, yeah. The uh, So the year that I started my blog, I say, well, I'll start the blog to kind of promote a, a book about my weight loss. So I, I did uh, a book. I don't even really want to promote the book because I'm – probably going to rewrite it at some point it was really horrible lauren <laughs> i was like ugh. Mm-hmm. but i wanted to get the story out there because people were asking how you do it how you do it how you do it and i'm like Well you people leave me alone uh i will write a book <laughs> and you can write you can read the book but um i did uh actually uh start a podcast and it was funny because this guy came to me and he said hey i want to start a podcast um a group of people doing a podcast called the health hacks podcast i'm like what's a podcast? I didn't know what this was in 2006. I didn't know what a podcast was. He said, well, you, if you uh, talk half as good as you write, I want you on my Mm -hmm. show. And I was like, "Uh, okay. So I start this show, and about three episodes in, um, it was just little five-minute segments uh, with, like, a bunch of different people. And he said, dude, we're getting so much response from your segments and hardly anything from anybody else. You need your own show. And I'm like... But I don't know how to do this. I have no training in broadcasting at all. I did a little bit of Christian radio back in the 90s, but that was, now here's Michael W. Smith, next up, DC Talk. You know, it's like, that was it. You know, I, I didn't really have any experience like talking and interviewing with people like I do now. Uh, but he, he saw the potential in me, my producer, and he's still my producer today, all these years later. Um, you know, really kind of was the one that encouraged me and saw the potential in me. Otherwise, I probably never would have ventured into podcasting. But, uh, yeah, the Live and Love, a Low Carb Show has been a real blessing in my life. Six hundred and yeah. something episodes now.
0: Really? I'm bragging about 50. You go. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, 50
1: is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> consistency is the key. Right. I, I
0: totally. wouldn't recommend yeah. how
1: many I do now, though. <laughs>
0: well me see me working as much as I do I'd probably you know yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't look good if I did it every day but but yeah, I love doing my show, you know that consistency and and i and I'm sure you probably find the same thing that you have such incredible guests and it just it just deepens your own knowledge and you learn so much yourself, right I mean, your listeners get a lot out of it, but even you as the host get so much out of it,
1: you know Lauren, it's funny because I get to hear the. I'm notes for my blog, uh, so my readers can see kind of what we talked about. Some readers don't have access to an MP3, so I do my best to do like really detailed notes. So, yeah, by the time I've done, see in in this.
0: (laughs) Hopefully, your um, audio. Can you hear me, Jimmy? I'm here. Oh, okay, good. I uh, I don't know if it was my ear set but, or my head set. Um, I, I it cut off for just the last couple of seconds, so could you just repeat the last thing? So how how much you really learn, and it deepens your knowledge, right?
1: Yeah, Yes. Yeah. So I said, I, I listen to it. I prepare for the interview. I, I, I do the interview, and then when I listen back to it, I take copious notes and post those mm-hmm. on my blog. I should get a Ph.D. in <laughs> nutrition <in treatment>. with <laughs> different things that i've I've learned over the years but yeah it's it's, it's my pleasure and my honor to be able to do that I've, I've had to learn to back off though because i was one of those people lauren you know i'm very passionate about this and yeah. i will basically put my nose to the ground and wear myself out so i've had to learn to back off so like the month that we went on the low carb cruise i got back i took off that whole month i didn't do anything when i got back and so uh yeah kind of a new I I credit Diane Sanfilippo and different ones to for and mm-hmm. you know urging me to just take it easy
0: so important I actually have to put some of my patients on a restriction I say you can only listen to one podcast a week because <laughs> they come in like what about this podcast what you say but you you had one you know speaker say this and that I'm like stop <laughs> like, just go with the treatment I've outlined for you because you'll go nuts getting information from everywhere. So, yeah, you've got to be able to really balance your life out. So it's great that you take care of yourself now.
1: Working on it, working. I'm taking the whole month of November and December off so I can come back strong in January. So, yeah, it's uh, it's good setting those boundaries. And, you know, the way I see it is, there's plenty of podcasts out there now. Go listen to the Dr. Lowe show. And if you missed any of her past <laughs> ones, go listen to the archives. There's plenty of shows to listen to now.
0: Mm hmm. Yep, totally. So you have embarked upon a new, relatively new um, journey with this uh, nutritional ketosis. Now, tell us a little bit about what that is. I know that people hear about ketosis, like with Atkins, and it's a little different, right? Nutritional ketosis is different. So, people who aren't familiar, what's the difference?
1: It is. And it's funny because ever since I started doing this, Lauren, I've had people, well, it just sounds like you're just doing Atkins. And I'm like, well, you know, mm-hmm. it's funny because Atkins can be nutritional ketosis but not necessarily. The, the thing that we're doing here and, and the idea sprung out of a series of books from uh, Jeff Bullock and Steve Finney, two of the premier low-carb researchers out there, they're two of the uh, co-authors on the best-selling uh, New, uh, New Atkins for a New You book. And that was where they first – uh, Used this phrase nutritional ketosis because for the longest time we've heard out there in the mainstream ketosis and people have confused that with the uh, very dangerous thing diabetic ketoacidosis that type 1s have to be very careful with. And so mm-hmm. nutritional ketosis is getting into a range of ketones where your body is burning fat for fuel. Um, and so the way you're measuring that is with this little – ketometer it's like a glucometer except it measures ketone levels in the blood and you're supposed to get to a certain level of ketones in the blood 0.5 to 3.0 and once you're in that sweet spot what they call the optimal ketosis level um, then you know your body is using ketones efficiently so that you can then commence burning stored body fat for fuel Um, Mm -hmm. it's it's a little process and it's a little geeky i guess for some people that may not be mm-hmm. used to pricking and testing but uh, i've been doing this now as you said earlier for 120 days in a row i've pricked my finger every single day i've tested my blood sugar i've tested my blood ketones and i've tested my weight to kind of see what mm-hmm. changes are over that period of time
0: mm-hmm. okay how's your uh how's your finger doing so you're poking it every single day right
1: because at first I was kind of one of those people who was kind of skittish of the needle, but really the lancet after a while, it's really, ai don't even think about it. I just, you know, at first I would like, uh, you know, put it on the side of my, my finger and the, like I would blow really hard so it wouldn't hurt. So, <laughs> But now it's, you know, I just prick it and, and my wife Christine is going, how do you do that? I'm like, yeah, I don't even feel it anymore. I just alternate between my middle finger and my ring finger the side and then the next day i'll do the other side and then i'll alternate back and you you don't even feel it
0: right 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 wow it's definitely a testament to her i mean she's probably witnessed so many different things you've tried right like just (laughs) throughout your journey
1: yeah including low fat diets over the years before finding low carb but yeah yeah. exactly
0: (laughs) so so um you choose to do the the blood ketones instead of the urine ketones, and for those of people who who are used to doing urine ketones what why is it that you preferentially do the um the blood ones
1: right so i uh, for a couple of months there, I did both um just to see if mm-hmm. there was any correlation now i i I realized uh, you know, they, they don't always match up. They're actually measuring two different kinds of ketones, and maybe you can help me with the uh, the, the various kinds. But in the urine, is it acetoacetate in the urine? Is that mm-hmm. right?
0: And then mm-hmm. uh,
1: hydroxybutyrate is the ketone body that's in the blood. So it's two different uh, uh, ketone bodies, and the one that's more prevalent, the one that you're trying to, to measure is the actual one that's in the blood. You want the free-flowing one that's in the blood because the one, the uh, acetoacetate, is basically the the ketones that are being excreted by the body and not really being used by the body for fuel. So that's why Mm. the blood seems to be a lot better, um, I guess, indicator of true nutritional ketosis. Now, that's not to say that if you're seeing pink and purple on the urine sticks, that you're necessarily not in nutritional ketosis, you may or may not be. It's just not reliable.
0: Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Now you you kind of had to go through a lot to really get the the the, the right strips to use. So if people wanted to do this at home, where, where did you end up finding the best place to do that?
1: Oh. You don't even want to know. I went around the world trying to find. You did
0: eBay. You went to like eight different stores. You looked at Amazon, right?
1: (laughs) It was crazy, Lauren, because this is not really something that's prevalent. This is kind of cutting edge. So uh, people are really getting hearing this because um, testing your blood ketones is so rare that the strips, there's just not a lot of, uh, demand so when the demand is or, or the i guess there's a lot of demand now and so the, the prices are going up about five to six dollars per strip is what it would be on amazon so don't buy them on amazon if you go to um if you go to ebay like you said i actually have a supplier there's one supplier in canada that has them for about two dollars a strip there's a guy down mm-hmm. in australia that's getting for about a dollar strip for me. So, yeah, it's just a matter you have to kind of price around. But, man, the information you get from this meter is just invaluable. Um, And Mm -hmm. I thought I was ketosis. I thought I was in a pretty good state. Uh, uh, The time I tested, it was like 0.3, and it had to be between 0.5 and 3.0. And Mm -hmm. I thought I was eating and and I, I wasn't. So getting this meter kind of gave me... The, the until I got to that sweet spot, now I'm, I've am i been doing this for four months.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of misconceptions about how to actually get into ketosis, so I think people tend to think, oh, a high-protein diet. Well, that's really incorrect, right? I mean, what have you learned in your experience?
1: Exactly, and I think that that has probably been the key, and that's probably a key mistake that a lot of people who want to try a ketogenic-style diet, a low-carb diet, That's the mistake they make. They hear, oh, just keep carbs down, protein and fat. It really doesn't matter what you eat of those. But what we're finding is there's a problem when people consume too much protein. So I I get emails from people, Lauren, that say, hey, I'm keeping my carbs at 25 to 30 grams a day, and I'm not losing weight. What's going on? So I I ask about their menu, and generally they'll, they'll show me the menu, and at lunchtime, they're having a chicken breast mm-hmm. with a. And so that's way too much protein for their low carb diet. So, what I found doing this experiment is maybe sometimes you have to not just back off on the percentage of protein in your diet, but the actual amount of protein you're consuming. I, I recently had a, a gentleman on my Ask the Low Carb Experts podcast on Thursday nights. That's my live show. And he talked about all things protein. Dr. Donald Lehman is his name. He said to get at least 30 grams of protein in three meals a day. So I asked him about that, whether that straight 90 grams is something everybody should do. He said, yeah, that's definitely a minimum for everyone. So Mm -hmm. uh, getting 90 grams doesn't sound like a whole lot to some people, and then some people – Whoa, that's a whole lot. It'll take some adjustment. I suppose if you're a weightlifter, bodybuilder, you know, engaging in some kind of athletic activity, your protein's probably going to be on the higher end. But for someone who works a nine-to-five desk job um, or doesn't really do a lot of exercise, you know, 80, 90 grams of protein is probably not a bad idea.
0: Mm -hmm. How much are you having?
1: So right now, I am probably averaging, it varies day to day, but probably between 75 to 100 grams a day.
0: hmm And then what about carbs?
1: Carbohydrate, you know, I'm keeping it pretty bare minimum. I mean, I, keep in mind I was 400-plus pounds at one time, and mm-hmm. that metabolic thing is a uh, you-know-what. <laughs> hmm my actual uh carbohydrate intake very low. Uh I would probably guesstimate, Lauren, it's around twenty to twenty five grams a day. Um interestingly mm-hmm. this past I, I thought I'd I'd try some chocolate that I found out about the Ancestral Health Symposium in Boston. Did you try the top chocolate, uh-huh. cho- chocolate?
0: Did I try the chocolate, Jimmy? I like I just completely took them out of their stock. <laughs> No, i i had a lot I, of the
1: chocolate it was, it was very good When I had to buy a, a, a whole slew i think i spent more money on chocolate at that trip to whole foods than i've ever spent on food in my life but um yeah i'm eating chocolate every day and that's probably where a lot of my carbs are but for the most part i keep my carbs pretty low
0: you're telling <laughs> me you're fat. eating chocolate every day and you can still stay in ketosis what a beautiful thing
1: and pretty major ketosis. If you look at my latest post with my day yeah, uh, ninety-one I had chocolate, I had over three ounces of chocolate a day.
0: Wow, that's a good that's a good amount. Yeah. <laughs> so what's what's kind of like a typical day? of What you eat? Like what do you eat today?
1: So, and I'm gonna let out some secrets because people have been begging me, please tell us what you're eating. And I'm like, you know, it really doesn't matter. Eating because this is the Jimmy Moore N equals one. It's what's working for me, and uh-huh. just because it's working for me does not mean it's going to work for anybody else. Um, uh-huh. But I can tell you exactly what I ate today. So this morning, I was up really early today because I was real excited about – no, I'm just kidding. I was going to say I was real excited about <laughs> being on Dr. Lo. Just kidding. I said so, <laughs> but um, eggs course, I get locally uh, uh, sourced eggs, and I cook that in some sausage grease that I cooked up some sausage, and then I add a little bit of grass-fed butter, and I have a whole avocado. Can you sense the theme of all the uh, fat that I'm putting in this? And then I put some <laughs> dollop of sour cream on top of that, um, and that's my breakfast. So it's probably 85% fat maybe 12% protein and about 3% carbohydrate, the natural carbs that are in the avocado and in the eggs and, and that kind of thing. So I had that around, what was it, 6 a.m. Oh, and I did have some chocolate with that as well. You always got to throw in a little bit of chocolate. So, <laughs> uh, the chocolate. so I ate that at 6 a.m. I did not eat again until I want to say it was around 4.30. And I had mm-hmm. another uh, – uh, another um, oh, I was going to do an avocado, but it wasn't ripe yet. So those darn avocados have to be ripe before you can eat them. So I had some more <laughs> sausages and that's, and some more chocolate. And that's it. Awesome. Because I was satisfied with the food. People are like, how do you go that long between meals? I'm like, if you're eating adequate amounts of fat – and you're moderating the carbs and the protein to the levels that are right for your tolerance level, you're going to be satisfied. You're not going to be hungry. You're not going to have those cravings, those insatiable desires to eat the house down. I I haven't felt that in my, Lauren, and it's a beautiful thing.
0: Mm. Wow. That's That's great. So you just – kind of float through the day, you don't have sugar cravings, your energy is good. What other benefits have you noticed? Oh,
1: my gosh. Do you have all night? <laughs> uh, but the intangibles, mm-hmm. things that I wouldn't even have thought about. You know, have you ever seen those skin tags on your patients?
0: Yep. it's usually a sign of insulin resistance.
1: Right. And so I had quite a few of those on my body, and over the past couple of months, I've noticed that they're shriveling up, totally mm-hmm. shriveling um and, and i had a bad case of hemorrhoids for a long time those are mm-hmm. completely um i've had skin i've had i am 40 years old dr Lowe, and i still get pimples at this i'm like wait a minute i thought when you got old you're supposed mm-hmm. to like not anymore well, i still get acne but since starting nutritional ketosis I have had very few outbreaks. I don't even have to use the skin um, uh, treat thing. I I don't have to use those anymore. Um, Wow. Amazing. And I was having trouble sleeping uh, prior to this, and I sleep very soundly throughout the night. Um, We've already talked about the hunger and the craving control. Uh, I, I literally am spontaneously intermittent fasting. I mean, I can have that meal I described for you earlier, and go 12 hours and not eat anything. And, I mean, that mm-hmm. brings people out of the gym. And when's the last time you ate? Oh, you don't want to know the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, I interview five, you know, podcasts a week. So I've got to stay pretty sharp and pretty on task. Uh, with what I do, and I couldn't do that schedule, at least not comfortably, without having some sense of mind and and clarity of of thought, and I've got Mm -hmm. that now. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, some of the more intangibles, my mood. Of course, I'm never an unhappy guy, but my mood has been there uh, in a positive direction, confidence, confidence all of these kind of things that that you wouldn't think about, you know, it's usually people go on a diet and it's, well, let me lose weight and let me improve some health marker, but it's you don't really think about all these intangibles.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and, you know, even just my um, observation of you, you know, when I first met you versus the last time I saw you in Boston, I mean, I've noticed a, an awesome shift, and not even so much in physical appearance, but just the way that you just, just the energy you give out, you just seemed a lot more calm, just more confident, just more happy with yourself. You just seemed like, just really, just like, hey, what's up? You know, versus like kind of anxious. And you didn't seem like that at all when I saw you, just seemed very, just, you know, content.
1: Well, it did help that we kind of knew a lot more people this year at AHS, were True. at The first year.
0: True. But, all right, who
1: are the people looking at me and I don't. Uh, <laughs>
0: Well, plus you're Mr. Popularity, so come on. <laughs> <Everybody laughs> you the prompting of the AHS. What?
1: Everybody was intrigued by this nutritional ketosis thing. I was, you know, when I started this, I had no idea people would be this interested in this concept. But I, I guess it's giving people hope seeing somebody like me who has struggled. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. uh, I got up back over 300 pounds again. Which freaked me out. I'm just going to be dead honest with you. That that was crazy to me um, because I was doing mm-hmm. all the right and getting over 300 pounds again. You know, even though I'd kept 100 pounds off from where my highest was, still that was not cool with me. And so this this had to work. I mean, I was almost yeah. at my wits trying to figure out what tweak do I need to make. And a, a lot of people have kind of gotten on me oh, a low-carb stopped working for you, it means it's probably not a viable option. Well, I I can't disagree more. Um, I think as we get older, we sometimes have to make changes, whereas something has worked before, it may not work as you get older.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I'm seeing that with your patients. You know, you have to make tweaks here and there to keep it working for them.
0: Totally. Everybody's so different, like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and also, too, one thing I love, Jimmy, is that, you know, you're doing so much fats, and, and, and I know, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners know, is that fats tend to be where the toxins are, and but you're getting really clean sources of, of these fats, so I see that you really made that as a priority.
1: I did, and I think that that's the, that's the influence of the paleo community. You know, I, I know sometimes the, the low-carb and paleo tend butt heads a little bit, um, but mm-hmm. I credit that. Paleo community immensely for putting the emphasis on the and and your your famous phrase just eat real food um, mm-hmm. at a priority yeah. because getting good pastured uh, eggs and the grass fed meats and butters and the uh, you know all of those quality foods that we all rely on um, if you're not eating that way you're just kind of playing Russian roulette with your nutrition.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, got it, yep. Now, you're finding that you're actually feeling better now this far into it than even in the beginning, right? Is it? Do you, do you kind of see that as that your body had to make that transition metabolically, and now you're kind of reaping it, the benefits?
1: I think I had to reach that level of nutritional ketosis that's right for me. Um, Volick and Finney, in, in their book, the, the name of the book is uh, The Art and Science of Low-Carbohydrate Performance, um, you heard a lecture from Dr. Volick on the low-carb cruise about that. But um, the key uh, is to get into that level of nutritional ketosis that's right for you. Now, they say between 0.5 and 3.0. Well, I have found that when I am above 2.0 and pretty much the whole day above 2.0, so I've been measuring the past month both morning and night. In the morning, you tend to have lower readings. So my lowest readings have been right around 2.0. And then my highest readings are at night, so about this time of night, it's usually when I'm testing my blood ketones, and those tend to be almost two points higher, so somewhere Mm -hmm. around four. And I find I'm doing better at those levels of nutritional ketosis as compared to some people I see can only get as high as maybe 0.8, 0.7, 0.6. so yeah, I'm finding that the higher the ketones for me personally, um, I'm feeling all of these effects that we just talked about.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Now you're not eating any fiber, Jimmy. So let's get a little personal with you right now, Jimmy. How how is your poop?
1: I am poopalicious, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's
0: um,
1: that, that is a funny question. Cause well, where do you get your fiber from? You're not eating whole grains. You're not having fiber. What are you eating? I'm like, okay. So, uh, oh, I, I neglected to mention. Uh, I'll sometimes in in uh, in an ode to my friend Diane Sanfilippo, throw some sauerkraut on top of those eggs as well. So, uh, little little bit of uh, props to her because I didn't ever eat sauerkraut before she mentioned it. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. water and the water gets things moving. Um, mm-hmm. and so that kind of helps the poop come out. Hey, it's funny because, and I, I guess it is just the part of the show where we get gross. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's like little, it's pellets when it comes out. Uh, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's the long skinny little part and, uh, you know, I mean, it, it varies. And occasionally lately it's been a little bit loose. Uh, um, hmm I when it's looks like that. I tend—I know my wife Christine is walking in here and going, "What are you talking about?" She asked me about my so those days that I have the looser, I tend to lose weight.
0: Mm, interesting. You tend to lose weight more when your stool is loose. Yep. Yes. Very interesting. Well, I know that, you know, because it is a good amount of fat, It, it to me, from a from a doctor perspective, it would make sense to um, maybe gradually build up to that where your pancreas and your stomach acid can kind of, you know, adjust or do some digestive support, you know, like some enzymes or stomach acid to kind of break that down. Do you feel like that's something you have needed or it's kind of, you know, your body has adjusted to it?
1: I was pretty high fat before, so my fat mm-hmm. intake experiment was probably around 70 to 75. So I've gone from that level to about 80 to 85. So it really okay. wasn't that big a jump for me. But, yes, yeah, somebody going from, you know, standard American diet of, you know, 25, 30% fat and then trying to suddenly jump to 80, uh, yeah, good mm-hmm. luck with that. That's probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh,
0: now, do you know any athletes who eat this way that are able to keep up with their athletic performance? Because, you know, so many athletes say, well, I need the carbs, right? I need the carb fueling before these endurance events or these, you know, um, maybe different events that they do, like fitness events.
1: There are actually quite a few athletes. And um, at the back of the Art and Science of Low Carbohydrate Performance book, uh, Volick and Finney actually have several examples of people that have been successful eating this way, uh, performance athletes. These are like elite-level athletes. Uh, there was a marathon runner, I don't have his name, I think it's Olson is his last name, recently ran a marathon and won in a totally keto-adapted state. So, uh,
0: wow.
1: And, and, Lauren, I would venture to say that there are a lot of uh, Olympic athletes uh, level and elite athletes, maybe professional athletes, that are probably eating this way. They just don't want to give away their secrets to anybody. <laughs> uh, no, I, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah, but the key is to be keto adapted, right? I mean, you can't change this way of eating a week before an event. I mean, you have your your metabolism has to shift.
1: Right, and it can take an adaptation period of upwards of two to four weeks before you truly right. get into the nutritional ketosis so that you could then burn ketones and fat for fuel um, and get off of glucose, which in the the Bullock and Finney book, they talk about that you have a carbohydrate store of maybe 2,000 calories in your body, whereas the fat stores, even on the most lean person, the fat stores that you can fuel your body with is 40,000 calories. Calories worth of energy.
0: Wow, that is major power right there. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. I know that. Um, for those of you who just tuned in, we are talking to Jimmy Moore of the popular Live in La low carb show. We can open up the phone lines if you, anybody wants to ask a question. 818 495 6919. It's 818 495 6919. So, Jimmy, really changing the way your body has looked so substantially over the years i mean you know we get used to seeing our bodies a certain way right and we kind of identify with that so how has that shifted your own image and just kind of the mindset that you that you have with weight loss you know how has that been for you you
1: know it's funny in 2004 when i lost the weight initially of course i was 410 pounds and when i started at that weight i thought i was probably 350 maybe 330 So I had a huge reality check right off the bat. 4'10", uh-oh, what the heck am I doing weighing over 400 pounds? Now I'm 6'3", I'm a tall guy, so I carried it well. But still, 400 pounds is 400 pounds. That's just unacceptable. So as I was losing weight, it's funny because you don't really think about it. You just start feeling more confident. You start having a brighter outlook on life. And maybe that's part of what you saw at AHS was, you know, I started doing really well in this this recent experiment and losing weight, um, and, and maybe some of the confidence that you don't know you have. Maybe you hide behind that a little bit as a shell. As you're putting weight on, you start to put a shell up, and then as the weight right. comes off, comes comes down. So, you know, I'm almost down 50 pounds since the low carb cruise. Uh, that's pretty motivating. That's that's pretty. Uh, spiriting that's that's something that you know people can hang their hats on and say wow that's an accomplishment you know I'm, I'm not anywhere close to being done but I know that the more I lose the better I'll feel confidence wise but you know what Lauren for, for me I'm over the weight loss part of it I think weight loss is cool weight loss is mm-hmm. a really neat of uh, eating a paleo or a low-carb style diet To me, the much more important things are all those intangibles I talked about earlier as well as keeping your health in order. And that's the one saving grace I've always been very grateful for throughout this whole process of me, you know, gaining back some of the weight was my health markers have all remained immaculate. I mean, my trigs Mm -hmm. have never been whack. My HDL has remained high. My heart scan, thank you, Dr. Davis, for telling us about that, but the heart scan score came back zero for plus mm-hmm. I just got A1C checked, four point
0: five. Your, your so hemoglobin I mean, A1C, I yeah, I saw that in your blog. That is incredible. I I don't know if I've ever seen a hemoglobin A1C that what that good. That's that's incredible.
1: A lot of doctors, when I tweeted that, are <laughs> and they're like, no way. It must have been yeah. broken. <laughs> oh, give me some props. I'm I'm working hard.
0: Yeah, very low. Do I see a hemoglobin A1c below a five? So for those of you who aren't familiar, that's kind of like your 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 blood sugar levels over the last three months. So we get to see how you know nutri- or, um, insulin sensitive you are. So the higher he- your hemoglobin A1c, the more insulin resistant you are. The higher your your blood sugar has been. So for for Jimmy here, it's looking pretty good. That's that's. I mean, that's better than mine. So. <laughs> and a year ago,
1: when we was four point nine a year ago. So, uh, and, and, you know, you said it it measures the last three months' worth of blood sugar levels. Well, I've been doing this nutritional ketosis for four months. So here we are. It was one month in, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, so I I totally credit the nutritional ketosis because, I mean, my blood sugar levels have been so steady the last month especially. It took me a little while to get them to steady out because they would be a little bit erratic, early on, but this last month, I mean, it was right around 83 all day long.
0: Mm, That is pretty awesome. Now, do you see this, That is this a diet, or can this be something that is a long-term way of life for you? You
1: And that's a good question uh, because a lot of people say, well, you can't sustain this. I'm like, why wouldn't I sustain this? I have no cravings. You know, I'm Mr. Sugarholic. I'm Mr. Sweet Tooth. I have no, no cravings at all, no hunger at all, Uh, you know. And I I could literally, you know, when I first started this, I said, okay, I'm going to try this for three months. That was the original n equals one. It was going to be for three for ninety days. And I felt so good after uh, thirty days. I said, well, I'm doing this for six months. And now that I'm in the fifth month, starting tomorrow, you know, I thought, well. I stop. I'll stop like documenting and pricking my finger every single day. But I won't stop what I'm doing because it's very pleasurable to me. It's very. It, it's working. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And why mess with something that's working this well?
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, but what about – my question, though, is I'm I'm a huge fan of food as medicine. You know, I really believe that every single meal that you have can be medicine on the plate and, and you know, the whole rainbow colors, right, the different nutrients that are in fruits and vegetables and things. So do you miss out on some of those nutrients by doing this particular type of diet? Of course, you're meeting your, your different goals in terms of body composition. You're feeling better, all these things. But what about some of those nutrients?
1: You know, that's a great question, too, Lauren, And and I actually – did early on try putting in some uh leafy greens and things like that M- my problem too is i have high iron levels so i had mm-hmm. to of my favorite leafy green is raw spinach i love i could eat raw spinach forever and ever amen i just love that stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's iron yeah i can't and so i've had to even back off on my beloved red meat as well So uh, it's kind of like back to that customization for the individual, and that's one reason I don't really want to share too much about my menus is, Mm -hmm. you know, look, I've got issues going on besides trying to get, you know, fat loss to commence and and all these things to happen. I've got high iron levels I'm trying to bring down, and they are coming down, Mm -hmm. but low but sure thing. In fact, I need to go do another phlebotomy here soon to help get that Mm -hmm. in line. I've got in my urine. I mean, there's just different issues that I'm having to deal with that it's not really smart for people to try to mimic my exact diet um, and to try to get the same results that I'm getting. Find the results that will work for you. Now, your question of vegetables, I want to add back some vegetables into the diet. And, you know, like I said, I'll occasionally throw in uh, some cauliflower or some broccoli or something like that. I'm definitely not eating safe starches, sorry. But, <laughs> but I'm... <laughs> Um, you know, as much as I can and seeing how I do. Um mhm. I guess I guess as I get closer to the weight that I wanna be, I'll feel more comfortable in adding back things and not feeling uh like I'm messing up a good thing that's happening for me now.
0: Yeah. Kind of once you address the machinery, just kind of the root cause that that whole metabolic damage, right? Fixing that, then okay, now you kind of press the reset button and you can add things in that really help to promote health, but maybe it just wasn't a good fit for you at the time.
1: Exactly, and and I get pretty good nutrition from supplementation as well, so I I know not everybody in this community is a big fan of supplements, but um, I think a healthy mix of those quality foods that we've talked about with some key supplements, uh, things like vitamin D3, um, you know, definitely are going to help make my health as optimal as it can be.
0: hmm Love it. All right, we have a question from a Facebooker. This is from Dorothy. She said, I've been type 1 diabetic for 17 years, currently following a paleo lifestyle. Growing up, my doctors always enforced passing urine ketones was bad. My question is, as long as I'm not passing ketones due to high blood sugar and I'm passing ketones due to my paleo lifestyle, is this perfectly fine? my endocrinologists have always scared me about key, kidney damage relating to passing high levels of ketones. Well, from my perspective, and Jimmy, you can jump in, is that, you know, I have friends who are type 1 diabetic, one in particular who has been doing this type of diet, and she's doing great. Her kidney is doing, kidneys are doing great. Um, there's quite a misconception that, that you know, protein and um, ketones are hard on the kidneys. It's really not true, um, most of the nitrogen from the protein is converted to urea in the liver, and it's excreted by the kidneys. This is a normal process, you know. And, and the carbons are oxidized to carbon dioxide and water. And so the, the ketones are are very beneficial for the body. There's a lot of research looking at that. Um, the primary fuel for kidneys, for skeletal muscles, for heart. You know, we know the brain can use it. So I wouldn't be worried about the kidney process, um, Dorothy. Now, of course, you want to run that past your primary care doctor. So this is not going to replace that, but um, it's just. It's not always the case for, for people. So I've, I haven't found it to be an issue for the type 1 diabetics. Jimmy, do you have any thoughts? I
1: highly recommend she pick up a copy if she hasn't already read it yet, but Dr. Richard Bernstein's um, Diabetes Solution book, because he goes into great detail about all the things you just mentioned, Lauren, um, and why ketones, uh, you, you want ketosis. I mean, obviously you don't want ketoacidosis, and uh, Volok and Penny in their book talk about, you know, that level of ketones is like 10 in- times the level of ketones that you would produce from nutritional ketosis so uh, that's where a blood ketone meter would come in handy for a type 1 diabetic because you'll know right away if you're getting close to that 10 times the level compared with the you know 1.0 2.0 that that would be nutritional ketosis
0: Mm -hmm. awesome hopefully we answered your question dorothy and colin if you have any additional follow-ups um jimmy you should be a doctor ever think of that
1: you know, it's funny because people have said, Well, you're like the everyman nutrition guy, but uh have you ever thought about maybe going to be a nutritionist, a dietitian, a doctor and you know, I kinda revel in the in the empowered patient role. Um, yeah, totally. I am just the Joe Schmo. I mean I'm just a literally, I mean people put me on a pedestal, but I am just a patient who lost weight on a low-carb diet, and now I'm trying to educate other people in the process. Really, that's I, nothing more, nothing less, and I never pretend to be anything more than that empowered patient who's hopefully inspiring and helping encourage other people to do the same with their own uh, weight and health. So I, I, mm-hmm. I guess to answer your question, no, I, I I mean, it would be fun <laughs> because I feel like I have such a knowledge base now that, that I could be a, a little bit ahead of the class uh, in any nutrition, although the nutrition courses I'd have to hold my nose if I wanted to be an RD.
0: <laughs> I know. Could you imagine?
1: Oh, oh I could not imagine. No.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be rough. <laughs> Probably a waste of time, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, make sure this audio is still good. We didn't have an audio problems, but we're getting through it. Have you been able to hear me okay, Jimmy, throughout the show? Time, yep. Okay, perfect. All right, awesome. Well, Jimmy, anything else I haven't really touched on? Anything else that would be great for our listeners to know? I mean, you're just such a awesome resource and inspiration.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, the bottom line is try it. You know, people are like,
0: well, I don't know if this is going to work
1: for me. I can't afford uh, to buy strips and test my, I, I'm freaking out about the blood, testing my blood. You know, don't worry about all that stuff. My thing is this, stick with just eat real food. That's that's first rule number one, just eat the real mm-hmm. food. Stick to the quality sources of fat, like you mentioned, the, the, the horrible fats. You want the good fats. Mm-hmm. And, and eat them. Don't be afraid of them. I think that's where people get into trouble on low-carb is they think, well, if low-carb is good, low-fat, low-carb must be really good. And that really defeats the purpose of what you're trying to do here, especially if you're trying to reach nutritional ketosis. It's much more than about limiting carbs. It's really limiting protein to levels that are adequate for your body and for your exercise routine. And then, of course, limiting carbs to the bare minimum for your carb tolerance level. And then eat up on the fat. I mean, I I know there's concerns that some people have in their head about eating upwards of 80 to 85% of fat in your diet. But try it. You will be shocked. I mean, Lauren, there are pills on the market today, pharmaceutical pills, that are designed to suppress hunger that don't work nearly as good as nutritional ketosis.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, if people want to learn more, what are some good resources for them?
1: Uh, m- more about the work that I do? More?
0: more well, about- yes, but 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 specifically ketosis, and then also how can they learn more about you and listen to your radio show?
1: Sure. So nutritional ketosis is outlined uh, in all three of the Volick and Finney books. Um, one of them is the new Atkins for a new you that co-wrote with Dr. Eric Westman. And then they have the Art and Science of Low Carbohydrate Living book. There's also the Art and Science of Low Carbohydrate Performance book. That's the one where uh, they really go into detail about nutritional ketosis and why it's important. Um, I also have done a series of blog posts on my blog, com slash blog, that um, if you click on the N equals 1 tab at the top, you'll see my, my 120 days' worth of uh posts every thirty days. So basically it's four posts that have gone up now um, where I I have graphs and all the different things that have happened for me with this experiment. Almost 50 pounds lost in four months, which is unbelievable woo-hoo. to me. I'm um, giving you a high five I, Woohoo. And so woo-hoo. um so that that's how you can learn more about nutritional ketosis. Um, as far as my work, I I do I stay at I'm a busy boy. Um, Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. and Wednesday, I do a podcast called The Live in Libida Low-Carb Show at com. Thursdays, I do a live radio show, kind of like Dr. Lowe, and it is called Ask the Low-Carb Experts, where we bring on an expert guest. We talk about one singular subject, and we take questions and callers on that specific subject. And then on Fridays, we do a show called Low-Carb Conversations with Jimmy Moore and Friends, where we have uh, me and my co-host, dietitian Cassie. She's an RD who gets it. I know there's a few out yeah, there.
0: there. She's are. on
1: as my co-host, and we invite on two people from the paleo or low-carb communities to kind of talk about a lot of those health headlines that are out there, because there's some good ones, there's some bad ones, and we talk about all of them on that show. That's LowCarbConversations.com.
0: Woohoo! And All right. Brett. I love it. You are a busy boy. Do you take the time on the weekend to relax, Jimmy?
1: On the weekend is when I record the Low Carb Conversations podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I, <laughs> other than that, I chill on Saturday and Sunday because I work my tail off during the week.
0: Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm make sure you're taking care of yourself.
1: The wonderful people on tuesday nights uh it, it is tuesday right yeah that's right tuesday nights around uh, 10 p.m <laughs> eastern there you go only for dr Love. there you Lowe. go
0: woohoo awesome jimmy it's so fun i feel like i'm just hanging out with you right now i love that you came on the show i love that you shared your story and your intimate details and how poopalicious you are and <laughs> It's awesome. You're an inspiration, and thank you for sharing that with all of us and having such a great blog and podcast, and keep it coming because there's people that are really benefited from you. So you do really great work, so thank you.
1: Thank you. I am not going anywhere. I'm having too much fun. So, <laughs> And thank you for your <laughs> great work.
0: Fantastic job okay.
1: with your podcast.
0: Well, thank you. I, I love doing it. So, All right. Go to bed. Have a wonderful time, and uh, we'll talk very soon. I am good. (laughs) Hey, Lauren. All right. Bye, Jimmy. Oh, such an awesome guy. Thanks for listening, you guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. Definitely tune in next week. I'm interviewing JJ Virgin, author of Six Weeks to Sleeveless and Sexy. So tune in for that and have a wonderful week. Take care. Bye bye.
1: Holiday your heart out at Old Navy. Today only, all hats, gloves, and scarves are 50% off. Plus, get 40% off your entire purchase today at Old Navy and Old Navy.com. Hats, gloves, and scarves valid 1120. 40% valid 1115 to 1120. Exclusions apply. See store for details.